conjure up a lot of uh, people, you know. If you're saying, like, they ain't killing nobody, they just, you know, yeah, it's a soft tyranny. <laughs> and imagine that same thing where they're hearing the word that actually these guys ain't that bad. They're just killing if you're fighting them, but everything else is cool. They're actually not that, you know what I'm saying? Dude. Well, well, that, that's what happens, too, when, when you have a separated uh, uh, nation, though, because... You wouldn't feel that way if y'all were together because these aren't just soldiers you're killing. These are our sons and daughters, you know. So it's, I imagine it's different when, when you hear it's like, um, like we're not going to let you pass us up to go slaughter our sons and daughters on the front lines. Like we're about to freaking fortify up too so that's that's what you got when you come here um i don't know how it is in other countries but i know that it was like that in like say the french revolution or something you know that was that was the that was the people banding together and you know before that it was mercenaries and and uh bought armies and stuff you know and for kingdoms and for stuff like that like territorial kingdoms and whatever by the way you listen to a bonus few minutes of a little conversation here at thesis you know what it is everything is everything yeah so the there could be different houses in 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 this kingdom and uh however many However big this land was, right? But there was different houses in there. And a house could be more wealthy than the king himself. And uh, maybe the king got himself in a bind. Maybe he wasn't as frugal or maybe he wasn't as business uh, uh, um acclimated as as this house was that's been here even before he was king they've been established they've had a name and and whether it was from real estate because real estate is that old since back then or or some kind of usually a trade you know uh, uh, they had some specific type of uh even sometimes they had a good property for defense uh, from overseas, from even from their own kingdom. If the kingdom tried to attack them, they had enough money and then they could hire mercenaries, different different people from different lands to, they wanted money and, and they could pay them to come in their defense and fight. And uh, so the kingdoms, the, the, the king and, and didn't didn't ever really have a an army that was always there. He had his guards and things like that, but it wasn't like the United States has the the army and the navy. Because it, it took time at their disposal for stuff yeah. to happen. Yeah, it wasn't so, like oh shit, right now. Mm-hmm. No, it was like oh oh, I yeah. see a, another kingdom moving in so, or whatever. It so things were really about timing a lot too, right? Because. If you got caught slipping and weren't ready and couldn't couldn't 
logistically come together in time because you're always going to have your allies that you can gather up. But can y'all get together in time if something comes up, right? So you always think you know who your enemies are, but sometimes your enemy becomes something that you didn't even know. And and so uh, the, I guess the difference was is, is you always have to hire these kind of armies. Maybe you can rally the people up for the king. He's the king. He's the godly. He's the chosen one. We have to rise for him because he his 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 bloodline is is he's meant to be the king. You always had to have a legitimate heir. It, it, you know, it was always tainted by bastardry and things like that. But so they they had to um. So when when it became the French Revolution. Well, it was a little different because it banded a country together and and the the citizenry came together and they fought uh, the 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 people who were trying to, I guess, take over their country or I, uh, they, they fought the aristocrats, I think. Right. The aristocrats. Um, and, and so there was a lot of a lot of that that was wiped out. They, they, and then of course Europe backed the aristocrats, and and they they tried to to help the um. Because back then it was money and power yeah, structure, so, aristocratic. Yeah, people so would they, they mm -hmm. Europe tried to help them, but the people kind of came together. They revolted, revolution, and and but you know there there was so many people. They banded together that it showed you the power of a of a country that, that bands together against powerful uh few, which is what we have now. A lot of powerful few, few uh people, but they're very powerful. And then we have these people over here that hold a lot of power, but I don't know if they really understand it. You could have probably said that that the French were were kind of uh, timid even at that time. Uh, maybe they weren't as 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 maybe rebellious as some other places. But when it came time to it, and when their backs were against the wall, they banded together. And then uh, I think ever since then, other countries took that cue. They said, well, we need to kind of do the same thing and have an army that is kind of of the people, but it's for the country, the mm -hmm. nation. And so then they began the kind of enlistment draft type of thing, probably to and then all of a sudden these these armies are 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 tenfold of what they used to be, you know, and and, and also. As history buffs, we know that sometimes movements just gather steam, you know, and, uh, you know, in certain situations, maybe there wasn't like enlistment. It was just people were just ready to go, you know, and I think the French have that spirit in them like they go, <laughs> they go, you know, and that's good. 
you know, uh, well, there's this pompous attitude, right? It's like the, like <laughs> some order would be would be prudent, you know, a little bit of order. But you know, when you're talking about kingdoms and stuff, the real one of the most interesting. I mean, all I, honestly, you know what? I don't want to uh, single it out, but like the Persian Empire. So in uh, histories, uh, the um, Herodotus histories. Herodotus was a Greek philosopher, and he wrote down these. Uh, he wrote down ma um, a manifest of of history stories, and when you read his book or when you listen to the audiobook, he talks a lot about the Persian Empire, about the different kings, and I mean, this guy had some insight into because he was, and actually he lived. And he's a Greek. What did you say? Yeah, he was a Greek historian, Herodotus, mm -hmm. and uh, see, all of this happened around the same time. Uh, if you know history, you know that the Greek states existed at the same time that the Persian Empire existed because they battled together. The whole thing, the whole movie about the 300 is actually, that story of the 300 is actually in the uh, Herodotus histories. In his book, in his, in his writings of the histories, he's the original, he's the origin of this 300 story that we all know in popular culture. The 300 Spartans that fought off the Persians in the Thermopylae Pass, I believe is what it's called. If I'm mistaken, I'm sorry. Este, that story is in the book. And when you listen to it on audio, if you get a good audio book with a good reader, because there's many versions out there because it's in the open, um, what is it called? Public uh, domain. Uh, but if you get a good reader, <clears throat> that specific part of the book, which is it's a nice chunk. It's not something that he just goes through. He focuses it's not just the persian empire either he he's talking about these different things going on at the same period while the persian empire is growing darius and then cyrus uh and then uh, the one that comes out on the 300 he was the um persian what was what was that character's name well he wasn't a character he was an actual uh person from history forgive me for not remembering his name but in, in the book, in, in uh, Herodotus, he goes through all of these stories and well-versed, too. Like, like, you can tell he had some insight. Now, some of the historians say, now, you can tell, though, if you get a good reader that reads the, if you do audio, you can tell, or even if you read it, you can tell that his writing style, see, that's one of the critiques from the historians, is that his writing style is... Um, Maybe it's something like what you would think of what a Hollywood writer would do. You know, you want to blow up these stories and make them spectacular. Because when you hear about some of these battles, I mean, the Persian Empire's army was so big, they would dry out the rivers. I think they said that in the movie. But but Herodotus says that in his, in his book. He talks about how this army was so big and everything that would come over... They would dry rivers because it was an army of about a million. And see, the Persian Empire was so big, they had territories throughout India, the Middle East, and all these other places. So when the king of Persia needed uh, to conscript some armies to, because he wanted to go conquer some land, he would call up conscripts from the territories that he already conquered and they're usually like far eastern so in the movies when they dis when they when they have a description of some of these armies like the uh undiable uh, the untouchable no uh they had a name but they were wearing masks and they looked scary this was actually described in the book so this is what's so amazing about herodotus the way he wrote it now let's say he put a little pomp in it fine 
But I think for the majority, the 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 meat of of what he has in his book is is as as close as to actual history, written history that we can get. He talked about how the Persians had these different armies from different areas, and they were all skilled in their own different tasks. You know, some some people from some territories were territories were good with with spears or swords or 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? So he tried to intimidate the Greeks. Well, never mind the Greeks as a whole. The Spartans, while they were putting up a fight, uh, they were uh, trying to intimidate them by sending out the Untouchables or whatever the name. Forgive me, I can't remember. They had a name like the Undiables or the Underdead, <laughs> the Undead or whatever. And these groups actually existed, as far as we can tell from the from the writings of Herodotus. These armies that 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 the uh, Persian king brought with him to try to conquer Greece, they were they were from all over the world, and each in their different attire. Some were more, you know, like if you can imagine some sort of, uh, you know, um, native types of armies, and then others that were more armored and Iron Age. You know what I'm saying? Awesome, and and these this book describes it so well because. Herodotus had a craft in this in describing these stories and it the whole the whole story isn't just about battles or wars mind you it's about stuff that was happening let's say quote unquote politically in the in the uh, Persian empire with kings because as we know as history buffs that these stories as far as battles of bloodlines and all this this isn't new and this isn't isolated only to European or Western civilization. This type of stuff has been happening forever. And in Herodotus, he talks about those conflicts that were happening inside the Persian Empire with who was going to be next in line. And that this kid was, that one of the kings said, kill this kid because I don't want him to be the next king because as soon as he's old enough, he's going to kill me. You know, all these stories. And these are repetitive over history as we know because we love history and that's, and that's what we do. But uh, Herodotus' history is so amazing. And uh, you can get a good idea on how these empires build, how they fall apart. Because throughout the story, you have a rise of, you know, you have the Greek Empire. The, the, see, I like to say Greek Empire, but it wasn't an empire. It was the Greek states. And they all had their territories and everything. But they were united. They had their, they had their um, uh, you know, deals with each other. And they all got along. They, well, forgive me. They didn't get along great because a lot of the Greek states did battle each other. Now, so it concentrates on a lot of what was going on there with Sparta and Athens and all this because Athens was like the, the hub of intellect, the hub of, of money. You know, so Sparta was the army, you know, the, the brave, just like you see in the movie. Sparta was the, because these were states. Mind you, so when I say states, I mean like individual countries, if you will. They all had their territories and they all had their um, ethic and, you know, the stuff that, like, for instance, the American ethic, right? Well, each state had their own ethic. Athens was more like an intellectual and that's where you go if you want to be smart or you want to learn stuff and politics and all this. Um, Sparta was um, was more of a, of a army-based, like... Uh, honor and uh, you know tactical warrior uh, people you know 
And so he talks about what's going on in Greeks in Greece, and he also talks about what's going on in in Persia also because these things were happening at the same time. So amazing! I freaking love it. And you can see how the growth could be cut. Oh, okay. Sorry, let me come full circle. I fell off track. But look, so he's telling the stories of these Greek states. He's telling the story of the Persian Empire as it grows and tries to conquer the Greek states. Most of the story concentrates on how the Persians, a big chunk of the story concentrates on how the Persians are trying to conquer the Greek states and how some of the Greek states just surrender and some of the Greek states put up fights. The um the Spartans and uh you know they had um some of the other states that there was like a line or something that anyhow, <clears throat> and uh, and it went on for a while. Eventually, um, I think they took some territory, the Persians, uh, and then comes uh, Alexander the Great, which we all know, uh, you know the Macedonian, and it's comp it's complicated. Um, and it's really hard even for me as far as like, what is Macedonia? Well, Macedonia was like a new empire that was coming from not even the rubbles or the ashes of the Greek of the Greek states because some got conquered and if I'm not mistaken, some survived or that the time period that the Persians conquered the Greeks wasn't that long because soon after that, at least in historical times, the rise of Alexander the Great um uh his his father was uh wait i'm not even going to say it because i don't know it uh i want to say anthony but i you know never mind that the rise of alexander the great he eventually beat off the persians the persian empire beat them back <clears throat> back uh, uh, uh away from the greek states uh, from the greek area from let's say like where europe would be in today's standards beat them back to back to wherever they come from right up or you know what and <sighs> And see, if we don't have maps, we have maps in our mind. And now that I see the map, it wasn't like way far, like go way back over there. It's actually Persia is like where Iran is. So it was like, get back over there, you know, like get back on your side of the line. Because Iran in in, in geographical standards is really close to, to Europe, right? So, okay. And Iran, as we know, is part. You know, when we talk about Iran, we talk about the the uh, Persian people, the Persian people, and stuff like that, because that was kind of part of where um, some of the centralization of the Persian Empire was, uh, at least in modern history. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I I would probably bet uh, more securely that it's not quite there. Maybe in Constantinople, <laughs> shit, I don't even know, right? Turkey, something way over there right um but yeah you can see uh and then at the end uh um alexander the great and he conquers and he wins and then basically the at the at the end of the book or the story of, of herodotus in his, the his histories you end up with alexander and all of that so it looks to be above uh iran a little bit um the ancient persia um, but it's around all the seas, of course, the, the typical Mediterranean Sea and and the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, yeah. Arabian Sea. It basically touched all of that. And um, but I believe uh, that right there, that's all right. Okay. Where are we? This this whole thing right here. No, right? that's Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. 
Yeah, so I ran. I think it's like uh, probably right where you said, like in the probably middle. right up here mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, because Egypt, Saudi, and then see like Israel is probably in here, mm-hmm. and Iran is probably like here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just to give people, a yeah, and see, and that's what that's what we like about about you trying to practice using our imagination and imagery because if you can see maps in your head with timelines. Oh, okay. Those are tools. So Persian, the Persian Empire, or Imperial Iran, you know. So it's, oh, okay. it's actually, I guess that one and another. <laughs> like, I, I guess if you do the history of of Persia, mm-hmm. you're gonna go right into Iran. So, same. And like, at least in modern history, <coughs> because when we're talking about the Greek states, for instance. We're talking about something like 500 BC, 600 BC, you know, prior. Like, so it's like 600 before Christ. That's the time back then. It's weird because it's like, I mean, we're becoming more and more diverse as a people. And it's almost like. (laughs) Yeah, because look, I think we talked about it last time. It's like, how far do we want to go back, right? Because I can say, look, I'm Mexican. Okay, cool. But if I go back 100 years, 200 years, I'm actually Spaniard, right? Okay. How about if I go a few hundred years before that? Roman? Am I Roman? Well, I guess. Because my people would have been Roman citizens. Well, earlier I, 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 um, I had a conversation with a friend and and... He said he was, um, had some, he was Indian, right? And I said, yeah, you know, okay. Like, I have some Indian blood, too. I don't think of things, like, racially and all this, but I don't have no problem talking about it, either. I mean, things are what they are. Yeah. My grandma, um, said, well, we have Indian blood, and and I didn't bother to say, like, what tribe, this and that. It, 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 I didn't really think about it at that time. I wish I would have asked. I wish nobody's ever told me that, right? And then she shows me pictures. And and I mean, these are unmistakably Indians, right? These are her, this is her grandma with with her sisters. And I mean, they're huge. They're they're. Huge, like big up here. Yeah, big. They're what? they're big and dark, red skin. You know, just just you know, just what you would kind of. But they're 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 a little bit modernized because it's almost like you know, it's not like Indian feathers, but but they kind of got some regular clothes. But you can kind of still see like the, the backdrop, like if yeah, 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 like you would expect to see maybe some something little, like like you get like a little a, Mexican you, flavor. You like. could you could easily put a teepee there and a freaking couple of, <laughs> and, and it would easily blend in right out of the whole picture. And and they weren't like, of course, it wasn't modernized to 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 a certain extent because obviously, I'm sure that it wasn't like uh, they were in great economic uh, circumstances. But either way, um, yeah, they 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 were they were huge. They were um, to me, it, it it looked like okay, this is a Native American. You know what I'm saying? It- 
and and my my grandma was like hey this is this is my grandmother with with her sisters and stuff like that or, or whatever and um so i didn't think of asking but i got into the conversation and he said well, well what tribe i said you know i was honest i said uh heck if i know i said <laughs> um honestly you know, my grandma just told me that and she passed and, and I, I never really, I said, embarrassingly enough, I, I haven't really talked about it, but at the same time, you know, and, and that's where I left it. He said, well, oh, he said, my mom is da da da, you know, standing something da da da. And, um, I, I don't try to make a big detailed conversations on social media and all that it's 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 not the greatest place to do that but either way like um i never thought about being all prideful necessarily like of, i'm indian of, of of something like that i figure like a lot of us have something right you I mean, I mean, if, if you're, I guess if you can say if you're Puerto Rican, I know some Puerto Ricans who are, they're very white skinned, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you can have some Mexicans yeah. that are very white skinned, yeah. right? Yeah. Red hair, whatever. Uh, Puerto Ricans can be really white skinned, you know, I, I'm, I mean, um, but then you can say, well, they're have black. Right in them, the the, in, the mulatto mix the, that the, happened the, after. Uh -huh. Yeah, they they, and then you can see some kind of Puerto Ricans who that are you dark. can understand. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're dark, okay. and some are really light. Yeah. I guess that's a black person, right? Mm -hmm. And even though they speak Spanish or whatnot, you know, if we're going by, I guess skin pigmentation, but we're really not because, it isn't that more uh, um guy with the white skin pigmentation isn't isn't he just as black as the other guy if he's puerto rican he's just as puerto rican uh um he's just as puerto rican even like i guess you can say is it blood or is it nationality i mean uh and, and here's the thing so you know when when you break things down like earlier when we, when i said okay I'm Mexican, right? And then we went back, like, how far back do I want to go? Okay, to the, to the, because before it was Rome, it was the Greek states. So can I say I'm Greek? You know, I'm sure the lineage is in there somehow, whatever. Well, I'm, I'm Aztec. Well, I'm sure we have. Well, no, I'm Mayan. And see, so let's well, say. no, I'm Inca. So, so let's see each level of analysis, right? So you have, so for instance, let's say you have 10% Aztec. You as a person can be like, oh man, badass, and now choose to present yourself as an Indian or, you know what, my family was Aztec. Like, okay. I mean, we can do that all day. Irish, whatever. So now some bloodlines are oh, really. Look, check this, man. Uh -huh. How we were talking about, you were talking about the World War II, right? Gathering the information from these World War II veterans. And and even this guy who's putting this great thing together in my in my estimation that 
even would ask other people to, hey, do this in your community or if you know somebody, gather that information because... Like for that, the greater cause. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's just a greater cause type thing. So there's nothing wrong with the, with the uh, um, noting what, what you are, but gather the information so that we can understand what it is, right? And at the same time, you're doing it for a greater cause, right? You're you're not doing it to, I'm Indian and not, you know, like mm -hmm. reparations type shit or, or something, mm -hmm. you know? You're doing it for the real uh, historical documentation purpose. Of, something like that, and, yeah. And, and, and some people might say, well, well, fuck your historical documentation. My people's uh, plight is is um more than that okay well true but everybody's plight is worth more than the documentation of it like mm -hmm. obviously if i document the homeless the plight of the homeless is is worth more yeah, than, than the documentation the documentation yeah. is here yeah. and the plight and if you want to doc here. if you want to document the 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 plight of it that's great too, yeah. mm -hmm. if you're accurate, right? If you're accurate, you're accurate. Yeah. If, you if the if if you you're accurately uh, 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 documenting the the plight, that's everything is great, right? Mm -hmm. Anything that that you're documenting and it's truthful and and insightful and informative, that's going to be a good thing for all of society, you know. Um, can can we put aside our biases and do it, you know, because every single person on this earth has a bias, right? But are you the type of person that can set it aside in order to document this in an accurate way that the information that is there that you can see that, that the fingerprint is there and you can say, this is a match to this and that without letting your bias say, but I don't like it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, of course. I'm not, yeah, I don't have any problem with accurate descriptions of history mm -hmm. because a history bus, we know that's what we, we want. And uh, and I think I understand because some of y'all out there might, might see, you know, you look up something about, let's say, the Native Americans. And you get pounded with, let's say, negatively focused things or, or, or genocide or whatever. But, but it can be described in, a, it can be, the story can be told in a matter of fact way without that bias being Im implied or maybe even in the wording or something, you know, where it's like, this, this, this happened. This, this, this happened. And then well, it's, hard, it's hard to tell somebody to not emotionally attach yourself to your heritage my 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 ancestry was was a native american and and you're telling me to detach myself as, as i'm telling this story mm -hmm. and it's like well i almost am because you can never attach yourself to that that the emotion or the pain and the feeling unless you believe in some kind of spiritual passing of 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 this right mm -hmm. like like maybe maybe you can say 
if somebody alternated your DNA somehow, but, but, you know, these things are, I don't think we're saying those things. So, um, yeah, it, You know, and some of these things, like, for instance, I think of, you know, my mind is, it's like, it's, it, it, it's looking at things and then I say, okay, principle, okay, principle. So, you know, I can see how people get involved, you know, um, because that's part of their ethnicity and it, my people suffered. Yes. But me looking at things, let's say, through a fundamental principled spectrum I want to see that person say, this happened to, quote unquote, my people, but this is what we are now and everything, you know, like, I, I want to see some, you know, I don't know, like more principled, not just focused on what happened, let's say, a couple hundred years ago, you know, which was bad. Um, but, but see, that, that's the past that can't be changed. You know, we can learn from the past. Can and we, Can we talk about both of it but like kind of separate it like let's we're not trying to separate you from the pain of of maybe when you think of this but can we talk about the historical accuracies mm -hmm. and like really document mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and even if you need to talk to people before they pass away like like we were saying with the world war ii thing even people who who remember slavery even more up close can we really uh, ask them questions to to not necessarily conjure up um, uh, As the the emotional like removing themselves? It, yeah, it's but but like yeah. you have to be a, a a skilled kind of interviewer type thing, right, to mm. do these things because you want to be respectful and and have a perspective of everything, the whole thing, right? Mm. If you're a really good interviewer and um, so I think can can we document that like in that in that uh mental frame and then let's also talk about okay, well let's talk about the scars from that. Let's let but let's separate them first and then and then we can see how they how they link up. But sometimes you've gotta separate things and dissect them uh for their self. Before, if you're trying to put everything all together at once, it, it, it's going to not always uh, uh, pan out. You're going to confuse a lot of shit. And so, like, separate things. Like, when you separate your wife from your kids, it's not because they're separate. They're in the same house. You're going to have to combine them at a certain point in, if you want to get to, to the best possible situation. But... You do need to separate them sometimes. It's just the same way as you separate them. If you have multiple kids, you you can't just always say kids, kids, kids. You got to separate Sally from Johnny, from Johnny, you know. So, and then obviously you hope to to bring it all together in a cohesive form, but but you do have to separate these things. So let's accurately document things. Let's talk about it in the sense of 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 a historical standpoint and well well these slaves were shipped here by these people and 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 this is where they came in through in this port and this is where they went to work and at, and they did this 
and then it grew to this. And then these are the people that turned the tides and said, no, slavery isn't right. We should actually abolish this. And all these things can be accurately displayed. And, and, then, and, and then we can also talk about uh, uh, the ramifications and all that, you know. But and, and you know, interesting because like uh, people in popular media who are considered at least by let's say mainstream media to be like really intellectual types and stuff like that, <clears throat> as the will look at um, hold on. Um, okay, hold on, I lost track of my thought here. Let me put my thoughts back together a little bit. Okay, so a lot of the intellectual types uh, that you see on popular media um, seem to always want to focus, like I brought up a minute ago, on the negative uh, aspects of history, right? the suffrage of the Indians and the women, and it goes on and on and on, right? But when we look at it through a spectrum of the timeline and you move the cursor forward from, let's say, let's say from 1900 forward, um, you can see the progress that has happened, the battles that have been fought, women's suffrage, um, civil rights, right? These battles have been fought and they have been won. But see, intellectual types seem to want to focus on the negative aspects to kind of keep reminding us of how bad we were uh, instead of focusing in, focusing in on the positive aspects of it. You know, the, the battles that have been won, you know, the women's right to vote in the, in the 20s, you know, all of these things. Um, so how could it be that these folks that we should consider, you know, the brains of our society, how is it that, that we trust in their word when all they do is focus on negative aspects of history and try to remind us of that and, and never seem to want to focus on any of the positive aspects? A lot of these people call themselves, let's say, progressive. Some people, you know, label themselves as progressive. But how, uh, how odd that in their progress, they always look back, but as they look back, they don't look back to, 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 to see what, what, was, what can change for the better. They look back and then they focus on those old battles that already happened. So it's like looking back and trying to remind us that, that, you know, they, that somehow women are still oppressed. Uh, as if women can't be doctors or lawyers or congressmen, uh, congresswomen, you know, um, and, and it's odd because who who are they talking to? I mean, regular American folks should be able to see that, you know, but the battles have already been won. Civil rights, uh, the slavery thing happened. Um, forgive me, but I'm thinking two hundred, you know, one hundred fifty years ago, two hundred years ago. That's generations removed from anybody living today, you know, and for someone to take, um, let's say an issue, let's say like slavery, right? Or, or let's say, pardon me, 
Native American fights, right? That have already been resolved and still want to fight those old fights. It makes me wonder, like, what is your motivation? I mean, don't you see you're you're living the benefits of those battles that that your people fought before, you know? Okay, learn about the bad parts, you know. Um, uh, bull run, uh, these battles where like a lot of people got killed and like literally like little villages and everything, and, and that's a horrible. You know, fine. Learn about it, right? But you're not oppressed. Dude, you can be whatever you want to be. Whether you're Indian, whether you're f from slave ancestry, like straight up, if you can trace your lineage and you're like, no, no, my great, great, great grandmother was a slave. You know what? Look around you. You can be whatever you want to be. There is no chain around your neck or around your leg. Why? Because people that came before you in the 60s, and, you know, the civil rights, Martin Luther King and all these people, they endured. Peacefully, dog bites, uh, uh, billy clubs to the head, water hoses. They've, these battles have been won already. And don't let anybody uh, try to push you uh, in, in, into like focusing in on just the bad stuff that happened long ago. Uh, it, society has been improving little by little. And sometimes they needed drastic uh, measures by the people, like the civil rights movement, which was a good thing because it was peaceful and it was, uh, it was, um, um, uh, holy, not holy, uh, <clears throat> it was a good thing. It, it needed to happen. And the way it happened was a good thing because it showed the world, well, first and foremost, it showed the rest of America, you know, what was going on and how people were being treated. And it really got people on board. And and not not on board, more like resolute on what what we have to do in this country. That this is wrong. They've seen people getting dogs beaten, biting their butts, across the cabeza. You know what I'm saying? And and the American people were resolved after that, and they came together and said, no, this has to change. And then society changed after that. So it improves. It improves. So when we focus on but my grand, my my great 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 grandmother was a slave. But my great 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 grandmother died at at Indian Ridge or or whatever, right? Little bull horn. <laughs> Fine, it happened. But you are who you are today. You know that stuff happened before. But nothing is holding you back now. You know the cavalry is not coming to your house to take you out because you're Indian. You know what I'm saying? And same thing with all countries and all, all races and all people. Because look, even us as Mexicans, we can say, uh oh, see, the Americans fought the Mexicans. And they, you know, whatever. Like, we can do that all day long. Every race, every color. The Irish with the, with the British. All day, baby. You know what I'm saying? The Germans and the French. Y'all want more? Right? So see, here's the thing is, when we start breaking things down in different ways, you gotta, you gotta, See it in perspective and put it in perspective and look at it and analyze, you know, because it's too easy to be drawn in one particular direction. And here, specifically in thesis, we want to step back. Why? Because when you step back, the further you step back, the broader spectrum of view that comes across. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's not just, see, in the physical realm, if I go on top of the building, I can see more. The higher I am, the more I can see. That's in the physical realm, but in this realm of of intellect, 
I don't know the words and how to describe it, but like intellectual, um, uh, spiritual even, or enlightenment search, there's an uplift. We talked about it before. And the further you uplift, the broader your your visual spectrum and the more movement you can see, the intricate movements of all these things. <laughs> Woo! And it goes, you have a freestyle, uh, a TED talk. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm a, uh, y'all think, hey, uh, people out there, fans, y'all think uh, I'll be a good little uh, TED talk real quick? Man, they'll kick me out of the foot. They'll kick me out of, that's a club, people. Y'all look it up. It's probably under some conspiracy shit. But uh, actually, as a matter of fact, no. Because actually, someone who I trust, and I think is Jonathan Haidt, that's right. I think that's who it was. He was on with um, with either Sam Harris or the Weinstein guy. There's two brothers, but one of them has a thing called a podcast called um, The Portal. And I believe he was on there. I listened to so much. I don't know what. But, uh, but I believe it was Jonathan Hyde, Professor Jonathan Hyde, that said he was part of the TED Talk circuit. And he's like, yeah, that shit got too weird for me, man. Like, <clears throat> they had strict rules of behavior. And <clears throat> when you would go on, on these TED Talk tours in the hotels, you they would bunk you with somebody. You couldn't be in your... Dude, I'm a, prof- I'm a 55-year-old professor of psychology. And you want me to bunk roommate with somebody? Just some other TED Talk person? You know what I'm saying? He said, nah. He said it got too weird. So he dropped out of the whole circuit. You know what I'm saying? So, but... There is some good information coming out of TED Talks, so, you know, don't make, I hope y'all don't think that I, you know. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of like a cult. <laughs> hmm. Oof. You know what? And with that, people, we'll catch you next time. Peace out.